0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Brewitz. Uh This episode's gonna sound a little bit different than uh, it has in this the uh, first two seasons of Bruits. So uh, Allie is moving on from Brewitts. There's no there's no hard feelings. There's no like big fight. Uh, she just has grad school going on, and she uh, she just had a huge like development in her life that happened, and uh, she's got to focus some efforts on other stuff. So uh, I wish. A- Allie all the best in the world she's still like my best friend and uh yeah and you know she she might come back from time to time you never know the door is always open but um with sad news comes good news right um we Bruce is still moving on this is not like oh this is our final goodbye episode this is uh I started talking to other people kind of brainstorming what am I gonna do I can't do this alone um so I'm not I'm not gonna be doing it alone which is great uh a lot of amazing people reached out and gave me ideas. And, uh, I reached out to my friend, Emily, who, uh, I went to high school with and she's my trivia party. She's my trivia partner.
1: Well, it is kind of like a party. Oh,
0: there she is. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so Emily is going to be our new, uh, co-host here at Brewery. So, uh, we're really excited because she came to the table with ideas and that is more than anyone else came to (laughs) in the secondary interviewing process. So, uh, Mm I'm very excited, so uh, without further ado, j- Emily, just introduce yourself.
1: Hey guys, this is Emily. <laughs> Emily True. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to high school with Matt, and we used to shove each other into lockers in high school. And
0: No, I, d- I never shoved people. Oh, into- you played tennis, I played tennis. That's true, we yeah. did
1: play tennis. Yeah, so we had a lot in common. Yeah. And yeah. Matt asked me if I might be interested in jumping on the podcast, and I said, Oh yes, but I've got a lot of ideas.
0: Yeah, so a little over a week ago, we sat down at uh, Riverwalk Brewing Company, and that was actually our first episode of the season. So if you missed that one, check it out. Um, that is available at our website, Brewroots and all th- podcast dispensaries. So, dispensaries is that the word, or suppositories? I don't know. Suppositories. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: Let's just say we're Brewroots on everything
0: at At com. yeah just look us up itunes soundcloud stitcher google play
1: yeah so i'm really happy to be here so thank you matt for bringing me on i know you had a lot of contestants and i feel honored
0: we did yeah no it's uh it was like a hard it was a hard process uh and i i I think some of the people that i involved they're going to be involved in some some vein down the road so i'm so i'm I am excited for the future. Uh, so Emily comes to us with like a bit of a marketing background. Well, not even a bit, like a whole ton <laughs> of marketing background. And um, s- part of the process when we sat down and we talked, we, we 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 discovered I think we're losing listeners because we're not weekly. And that was the one thing that it was hard for myself to envision doing weekly. But we kind of broke it down and we said uh, – if, we're, if we are we really want to do it, we can do it, and we're going to give it a go.
1: There's so much cool beer content out there. You Agreed. Know, I can't wait. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, so some of the
0: ideas we've floated around, and these aren't concrete. We're we're going to heavily rely on some listener feedback to improve the product because ultimately, like, I don't do this for the three people that listen, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I hope there's more. Um, I want to have a podcast that, like you enjoy to listen. And there are podcasts that I listen to every week and I look forward to. So that's ultimately my goal with this podcast. Emily's goal with this podcast. So anything that you have you don't like you like, uh, info at Brewroots That's our email. I will respond. Emily will respond.
1: Slide in our DMs. Yes on Instagram, <laughs> on Instagram slide whatever. in the DMs on Twitter. Yep. I'm on I am in charge of the Twitter as for right now. So DM me. DM Matt on Instagram.
0: Yep. And uh, we want this to work. So uh, some of the ideas we float around, we're going to be doing uh, This Day in Beer History. So every week we're going to give you a new um, This Week in Beer History. And there's some like really cool ones. I got this book and with the help of the Google and everything, you know. Love the Google. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's like a lot of cool stuff. Like every day there's a cool beer history kind of thing.
1: And also, you know, we're taking all this information and we're just going to condense it down for you. Make yes. it really easy.
0: Yeah. So instead of you having to read Wikipedia, <laughs> we are just going to put it into our own, like, witty banter. and
1: Love it. Yeah. So I would like to bring you every week a fun fact about beer. And it'll be something that you can tell your friends and maybe impress your Tinder date.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the hopes are you take the knowledge we, sh- we give you, you share it, and... uh, Just
1: spread it out into the world. Yeah, we're just
0: trying to spread the word.
1: (laughs) Spread the word about beer. Cool facts. Stuff you never heard of. So I'm going to just start off with my beer fact. Please do. So I came across this when I was Googling fun facts about beer, obviously. And one thing that I've always struggled with is I like to buy my beer in bulk because, you know, I'm pretty cash conscious oh yeah i'm a
0: huge fan of like the create your own six packs and everything yeah i end up like buying way too much and i don't have room in the refrigerator
1: yeah and it's warm and then by the time i get home from work and i want to drink one like i'm not waiting an hour for that thing to get cold no way i want to get it cold quickly so i've read some stuff online about oh you can get a paper towel and wet it and throw it in the freezer and that has not worked for me i can
0: tell you that it's not worked for me yeah
1: shout outs if that's worked for you but sorry i don't know it hasn't worked for me But I found a cool way that you can chill down a beer, and apparently it only takes two minutes. You just take a large mixing bowl, you fill it with some ice, preferably something crushed, lots of surface area. Dump a bunch of salt on there, same way you would if you were making your own ice cream. We all know how hard that is, though.
0: I've never had ice cream actually come out good that I've made Um, myself.
1: Yeah, it's never good. But you take this bowl full of ice and salt, you throw your beer in it, and you just kind of stir it around with your hand for a couple of minutes, maybe use a A glove. So you don't get a glove or like a big wooden spoon or something. And uh apparently it gets your beer cold in two minutes. So I encourage our listeners to try this. I'm gonna try it this week and I'll report back next week and let you know if it worked.
0: Yes. And so my portion um is the this day in beer history. Uh so on this day in beer history, Emily, Thomas Jefferson saved a nation. Now you might say he he saved a nation, he helped the Declaration of Independence, he was a president, blah, 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 blah. But he saved the whole entire nation from the monotony of having one national brewery.
1: Thank the Lord.
0: So let me give you a little bit more information. So the idea when Thomas Jefferson was president was to have a national brewery to, c- to build uh, some sort of national brand and have everything kind of all under one umbrella so they can distribute to all the colonies. Well, all the states at this time.
1: Also, maybe th- so they could regulate it.
0: Bingo. So then the War of Eighteen Twelve happened. Oops. <laughs> Oops, indeed.
1: Whoopsie.
0: Um, and uh <laughs> that took, you know, priority from the, the national brewery. Uh so years passed, uh, Jefferson was out of office, and in comes James Madison And he's like, I think it would be a good idea if we resurrect your idea, good old Thomas Jefferson. And uh, you know what Thomas Jefferson
1: said? He was like, "Uh uh-uh.
0: He said that would be (laughs) unpatriotic to do. (laughs) Uh, His exact words are actually, um, he thought that every state had their own means to have their own brewery. Uh, So let the states decide what they're going to do uh, and if they want to have one brewery if they want to have 500 breweries who cares because uh he thought there was such a demand kind of like there is today um, and what they were using you know the idea of public house is a meeting place uh that you can go and you can condent, you know conduct business talk families can go because it wasn't such a, like a taboo thing to go to a bar and that's kind of how we're doing things today which is really really cool so, based upon patriotic principles, Thomas Jefferson saved the United States.
1: And beer as we know it. And beer, as we, it. beer as, American American as we know it. At least American beer as we know it. American beer as we know it. I mean, I can't imagine if I went to Cappy's on Route 1. You
0: wouldn't. You'd would, You'd go to and like the, the post office. <laughs> oh it would be God. like, <laughs> you'd go to the post office and be like, Again, I'll, have, stamps. I'll have patriotic Pilsner, please. And they'll be like, all right, would you like a four-pack or a six-pack? We don't do growlers. Only on Sundays.
1: No, 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 no. I don't like that at all.
0: Honest Abe ale.
1: <laughs> I wish I had some good ones. Yeah, well, stars and oh, star spangled stout. <laughs> star
0: spangled stout, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um,
1: you guys are gonna get a lot of bad jokes from me. <laughs> Just be prepared.
0: So it was it's a it's a, it a really cool thing. Uh, doing more research on it. I'm really excited for next week's today in history because. <laughs> it, it, Things that they did in, like, the seventeen and 1800s mm-hmm. is so awesome. Like, people kind of roll over and say, like, well, all right. Like, I don't agree with that. But, like, I'm going to go watch Netflix, whatever. <laughs> like, people used to go and, like, literally fight. Like in a, They were like, we're going to get a militia. And we're going to fight because of, you know, you wanted to tell us how tall our corn can be. <laughs> like, no, screw that. So, and that's, that's cool. Whatever. Like, so... I'm glad that Thomas Jefferson fought for our beer. Me too. And uh, now we have like a million breweries in the United States now. Not really, but...
1: Shout out to Tommy J.
0: Yeah. So, Emily, who is our guest this week?
1: So, our guest this week is...
0: Avery Brewing Company from Colorado.
1: And I'm very excited to hear this. Yeah. Because I haven't even heard it yet.
0: That's cool. I know, you haven't, so... We're going to go listen to that, and then we just want to give you a little bit of a sneak preview for next week. So, next week will be our first non-interview episode.
1: Oh, yeah. Next week is all going to be about the history of IPAs. is yes. that right? Yes, it is.
0: So, the reason is, is we're going to do case studies on the off weeks of interviews to set you up for your the interview coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we, in two weeks, will be doing an interview with Todd Mott. From Tributary Brewing up in Kiddery, Maine. And he is actually, uh, believe it or not, the inventor of Harpoon IPA. And some people call him the godfather of the New England IPA. So, uh, cool story. We're going to tell you a little bit of the history of IPAs. And, uh, because arguably it's like the most trendy beer to drink right now. Everyone's drinking double IPAs. Everyone's drinking.
1: And I've got some really cool fun facts about IPAs and hormones and all kinds of funny weird junk for you guys to take to the bars and tell your friends yes
0: so you'll have to wait for that portion of the podcast next week but we have an awesome interview with uh avery and uh the audio is a little bit weird because we did it over skype we were trying to figure it out uh, It was our first interview doing skype not an excuse just a mere fact <laughs> um so make it through to the end of the episode and uh yeah anything else emily
1: Well, I will say this, Matt. I I brought a shower beer thought of the day as well. Oh, my God. And uh, I'm going to pull it up right now because this is really hilarious.
0: This is good. This is good to
1: leave our listeners with. And I guess I won't take credit for this necessarily, but hopefully it'll make you laugh. When I first drank Bud Light, I didn't really like it because I didn't like beer. Now, I don't really like it because I like beer.
0: It's facts. Facts. I never liked Bud Light.
1: But the funny thing about this shower fact is that I have to say I disagree. I'm I'm kind of a fan of Bud Light. You like Bud Light? Yeah, Bud Lattes. Ooh. I know. I know. We can agree to disagree. What am I saying? I'm on brew roots and saying I, bu- I like Bud Light. Yeah. Well. I don't know if that's good or bad.
0: Listen, let's just get on to the episode. <laughs> so without further ado, Avery Brewing Co. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Welcome, you guys are listening to another episode of Brew Roots. We are actually doing our first Skype interview of this season, and we are here with Joshua Rapp from Avery Brewing Co. What's going on, Josh?
2: I don't have much, man. How are you guys doing? We're
0: doing really good. Excellent. We're really excited to have you guys on because you're actually our first guest out of New England for this season as well, so this is pretty exciting, and uh, we love Avery, so... uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, your first memory of beer, and what you do at Avery.
2: Um, Awesome, man, yeah. uh, Thanks for uh, liking our beer, first of all. Yeah, no problem. And uh, yeah, so I am the brew house manager at Avery Brewing Company, which means I uh, run everything uh, what we call hot side. So um, taking grain to wort, and then uh, cooling it down and getting into the fermenter with yeast in it where we uh, pass it on to cellar and the lab to kind of monitor everything. Um, So I'm kind of uh, brainstorming. We've got a pretty good R&D team um, and we figure out recipes and then I um, write them down and translate them into our uh, brewing software. And I kind of manage all of the brewers as well to make sure it gets brewed correctly. And as far as my first beer memory, um, that's probably when my dad gave me a little bit of his uh, Sam Adams when I was in, I think, like second grade. Um, so pretty young, but I immediately liked the taste and it was all downhill from there. Yeah. So
0: Sam Adams, so are you originally from Colorado or where are you from?
2: Well, my dad was a uh, Marine, so... Uh, kind of moved around a lot when I was a kid and I was born in California, uh, in, in Oceanside and then lived in San Diego for a while. Um, I've lived in Washington, DC, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, but, uh, kind of always kept coming back to Colorado. Uh, my parents really liked it here. And, uh, so we'd move somewhere and then come back to Colorado and then, uh, back and forth. Uh, but I've been in Colorado now since, uh, 2005, so that's a good 12, 13 years.
1: Awesome. Um, How did you get started in the beer business? So you talked about your first memory, and now you end up at this huge company out in uh, Colorado, but how did you get started?
2: Yeah, uh, so I mean, I got started like a lot of people. I was homebrewing and uh, getting really interested in it, Um, doing some more bartending things and Didn't really love the atmosphere and uh, ended up getting turned on to craft brewing and really appreciated how um, the culture was in this industry, where it's not very cutthroat, everybody seems to want to help each other out. And uh, I got lucky enough to get a bartending job at this little place called the Rackhouse Pub in Denver, which was attached to a whiskey distillery called Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey and uh, kind of buddied up to those guys and scrubbed some floors for them for a while and shoveled some grain until uh, they brought me on um, at that distillery. And uh, what's pretty unique about them is that uh, when that company started, uh, they were right next to Flying Dog Brewing Company, which used to be in Denver, and Flying Dog used to make their wash for them. And so when Flying Dog moved to Maryland, Stranahan's decided. Well, we want to keep things the same way, so uh, they bought a brew house and they make their wash, which is just like unhopped beer, um, and they do closed fermentation and they do a mash and a lauter and a boil and all of this stuff. It's probably unnecessary for whiskey, but it uh, was lucky for me because it taught me how to brew essentially beer, and I was able to kind of translate that really easily when I saw um, that Avery was hiring and I sent them my resume, fortunately that I was willing to work graveyard shifts on that and uh, I came over to Avery and worked the graveyard shift for over a year, so that was uh, 10pm to 6am back when we were at our old brewery and uh, kind of Have just moved up over the past five years of being here at Avery
0: so tell us about kind of like working at Avery um obviously it's the father-son duo who started it all how hands-on are they in the production now at this point
2: well uh you know not really hands-on at all um as far as adam and larry go Adam was always kind of the brewer and and Larry provided the funding when Avery first started. But uh, we still see him almost every day. Um, And Adam still is involved as far as uh, recipe creation. He's an idea man now. Um, And uh, so he kind of drives our vision. Um, But uh, it's nice to be able to kind of see your boss every day and run things by him, even if he's not down there actually brewing.
0: So let's talk about kind of like the difference obviously Avery it's it's all across the united states what's the difference between working for them and then working maybe for that that brew pub you know do you bring some of that mentality to a big location does that work or do you have to completely pick up and adapt
2: um well you know i've kind of been in a unique position here because uh when i was at strand hands we had a 40 barrel brew house It was very similar um, to the brew house at Avery when I moved over there, Um, but we moved into a new facility that you can kind of see behind me about three years ago, and so I've kind of seen that growth happen, um, which is really cool. So uh, We call the old brewery the Alley. When we were back there, we were doing uh, brewing like 24-7 and we made it to about uh, 30 to 40,000 barrels a year. And uh, so since we've moved to this facility, uh, now we're pushing 70,000 barrels, but we're really only brewing four days a week. So we obviously want to eventually get to the 24 seven model here as well, uh, but it's been uh, pretty interesting seeing us grow from a small operation into a bigger one.
0: What's it like working at the the new facility?
2: It's really cool, man. Um, I think the biggest thing that I appreciate about this new facility and the um, really nice, uh, very expensive technical brew house that we bought is that the beer tastes better. It's cleaner. Um, Everything about it is just higher quality. Um, we had a very old, like 13 year old brew house back in the alley. And, um, so it was very easy to, you know, upgrade our product when we came here to this new facility. Um, I would say the other thing that's really cool working with something where you can really see what's going on with the brew is we're able to get a lot more technical, um, and work on things like, uh, Grain efficiency, and everybody looks at that, but we're really able to get into it and see all the details that are happening.
0: Okay. All right, let's talk about the Kaiser. On the website, it says that you're, that's your favorite beer. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell the listeners about that, because around here we see um, the brown ale a lot, mm-hmm. and we see various other ones, but I have not seen the Kaiser in this area. So tell me about that.
2: Okay, well, uh, Kaiser is very special to me. Uh, Partly because it's the first beer I ever brewed when I came to Avery, um, and I also really like it. I will have to say that unfortunately we don't brew it anymore. Uh, but we had this uh, Dictators of Ale series. Um, maybe, so maybe it wasn't ales.
0: Like and all that.
2: Yeah. So we had Maharaja, Czar, and the Kaiser. Um, and uh, Kaiser is this big 10 uh, percent. Octoberfest style lager, which is um, kind of indicative to Avery and our kind of unique feel, where um, we could just make like a normal Octoberfest, but we decided to make it 10%, and it's essentially an ice Um At least that's how it get how it gets judged in uh, at GABF. And uh, so this this beer takes about. Two months or so to ferment um, at colder temperatures and the lager yeast, um, and getting up to that 10%. And it just comes off as this really nice, smooth, sweet, uh, heavy bock. It's really awesome.
0: Josh, it sounds like we need to start a Twitter campaign, maybe an Instagram campaign, to get this back. Because uh, <laughs> would you like to help us?
2: It's it's funny that you say that, man. Because uh, like I mentioned, we do not brew it right now but uh when we got rid of the whole dictator series we still brew Maharaja, but uh czar is gone probably for good uh kaiser was one where we got a lot of pushback from our fans uh a little bit pissed off at us for getting rid of that one um so uh i think we might be bringing it back uh maybe one more time so my challenge to you guys is uh if you see it buy some because that will uh make sure that we make it more often
0: all right so i want to know a little bit about you um what beer is in your fridge at home right now?
2: Okay, what's in my fridge at home? So, I've got a little bit of uh, Mal San Miguel Lager from Spain. I've got uh, some Coors Original. Now, is it, um, true that,
0: I, is it true that Coors from the tap at Coors tastes better than it does everywhere else?
2: Hmm. I don't know. I don't think I've really had it out of state to be honest. Really? Uh, but it tastes incredible around here.
0: Okay. That's good to, uh, yeah. that good to know, just because everyone says if you have it in Colorado, it tastes way better than it does anywhere else. So.
2: Yeah, um, do you guys uh, appreciate it out there?
0: Uh, well, my dad does. My, if my dad knew you were yeah. talking about this right now, he would be like, Holy crap, I need to be on this episode right now. So
2: yeah. Right. yeah. It's uh, it's kind of funny. I mean, there's obviously a lot of like craft beer, us versus them mentality but uh, especially here at Avery we just like really great beer and Coors Banquet is one of those beers that just is always consistently really good so um, we're going to be throwing a festival this summer that's the Avery Invitational and basically all the uh, employees at the brewery got to call out some beers that they wanted to bring uh, to the festival and Coors Original was definitely one of the higher ones on that list so (laughs) we'll have them out for our festival and We really love that, but uh, yeah. um, So got some light lagers in my fridge and then um, I've got a little bit of Jester King that I'm trying to get through. Um, I love those guys. They make really great beer, uh, but the big bottles I got to share with other people. So um, that's my fridge right now. And then a whole lot of our experimental beers that I like to keep around and taste periodically.
0: So it seems like we see a lot of collaboration in the craft world, uh, craft beer Mm -hmm. world. Are you guys doing any collaborations or is there a dream collaboration that you'd want to do in the future?
2: Oh man, I would really love to get together uh, with some German brewers if I had a choice. Uh, Eyinger is one who I really respect and appreciate. Yeah, they are. Um, So yeah, I'd love to get together with those guys and do some really, really classic uh, German lagers. Excellent. But uh, yeah, we do, we did a collaboration during GABF with Odell last year. So that one didn't get bottled or anything, but it was kind of a fun, like we did a dark stout and they did a, um, like a light colored stout where they just kind of put oatmeal and lactose in it to make it seem like a stout and we mixed them together. Sounds good. Yeah, it's good.
1: I just want to ask about um what are like popular styles of beer out there because over on the east coast and it might be everywhere I, I just don't really know but over here it's like like really hoppy bitter ipas um do you find that that's happening out in colorado or is there like a different trend
2: yeah it's absolutely happening um you know we see the new england style ipa thing happening out here um a lot of small brewers are doing that it's it's something that uh is a lot easier to make happen on a smaller scale. Um, But uh, we see a lot of that happening. But I think out here we see a lot more um, big, uh, bold, barrel-aged stouts as well. Uh, People seem to really enjoy a very high-gravity beer, especially if it has um, the words barrel-aged on it. (laughs)
0: Uh, What is the beer that you would say Avery is most known for?
2: Hmm, I would... Say, it's got to be White Rascal.
0: Okay. Can you tell... I, I honestly... I, I feel ignorant, which is not out here. Uh, tell us a little bit about White okay, Rascal. Okay, yeah, no problem.
2: Up. Absolutely. So, uh, White Rascal is our Belgian wit beer, and uh, it's, it's basically a um, step above Blue Moon, I would say. Uh, that is our biggest seller. We sell a ton in California and in Texas, and... Um, then right behind that is our Avery IPA, which we Colorado buys a lot of Avery IPA. Like seventy percent of our Avery IPA sales are just in Colorado.
0: That's awesome. So, you, so you guys are able to still produce a lot of beer globally, and then still experiment and kind of grow the brand. That's pretty good, yeah, for, yeah, for a big brewery.
2: Totally, yeah. I think that's something that's pretty unique about us. We have, you know, the White Rascal, it's a standard Belgian wit, brand or orange peel, uh, wheat, and barley, and then our IPA, which is a um, little bit of a darker, we got some caramel malt in there, but it's very hoppy, but uh, pretty standard, and then uh, we also have our, uh, we call them demons, and those are all over, 15% ABV, and a lot of them are barrel-aged, and then we have, you know, a whole sour line. Um, we do uh, special releases all the time. or are on our number 50 of our Gold Foil series, which is all pretty much just whatever we want to do. Um, so they can range from a 5% ABV cucumber hibiscus sour beer to an 18% Uh, Peanut butter stout in bourbon barrels, or um, we made one with uh, Lafroy barrels recently that was super smoky and peaty. Yeah,
0: excellent. All right, so you mentioned a peanut butter. Is it a stout or a porter?
2: Uh, It was a stout.
0: Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm not going to ask it asking if you have a peanut butter and jelly beer. It's more or less do you have a peanut butter and jelly beer in the vein that you could eat filet mignon every day? but sometimes you just want a damn peanut butter and jelly sandwich. What is your peanut butter and jelly sandwich beer?
2: Okay. Um. I would have to say that is our Red Table Lager. It's uh, like a Vienna lager, so a little bit darker. It's got a little bit of more malt backbone, but it's also like 5% super easy to drink. Um, that's what I am being... I'm going to be drinking most of the time if you see me in the tap room.
0: Very good. Awesome. All right. So can you give us some social media plugs and uh, where we can find you, maybe tap room operation hours?
2: So, yeah, best place to find everything is at averybrewing.com. And, of course, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, all the All the hits and uh best places to find our beer on the east coast you guys have kind of weird liquor store laws out there <laughs> um but uh hopefully you can find us at the liquor store
1: there's a there's also on your website there's a beer finder so
2: yes there is. well is we'll try to send some out for you
1: yeah that would be
0: excellent we'd love that excellent cool. um, and we always ask this just going away uh what are you most proud of it doesn't have to be an Avery. It can just be anything kind of in life. But
2: I would have to say I am most proud of my career in craft beer. Um, the culture surrounding it is just really different than anything else. And it comes down to companies working together um, in a way where you know we could see each other as competition and try to screw each other over, but we don't. And then we also have this great community with our um, consumers, everybody who drinks beer. Um, it's really, really special, man.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much. And any last-minute advice for anyone that wants to get into the craft beer industry?
2: Yeah, I would say uh, it's really hard work. Uh, my When I first started, it was very interesting because I thought I was going to be going and having fun and homebrewing and just kind of making recipes and stuff so just realize that you're mostly going to be a janitor Uh, but if you work hard it can really pay off and it's an awesome industry to be a part of excellent well
0: thanks josh so much for uh, taking some time out of your day to to do this
2: absolutely cheers awesome
1: all right avery brewing company that's that
0: yeah what did you think it's kind of cool just listening to it for the first time
1: oh i love it Yeah. yeah i mean just so sensory, right? Like I'm listening to him talk about this cucumber hibiscus sour and I my mouth was watering. Yeah. And yeah. the peanut butter stout, like, hello. Yes. I drank that on Christmas morning.
0: Sign me up. Yeah. So big shout out to Avery, thank you for taking the time to uh do our little podcast. Uh I know when we were recording it, I was I was so stressed because it was when we lost power <laughs> and uh I had this small window of time to record it like power went on and i was like we might lose power so we need to do this as soon as possible
1: so you were at home like not at starbucks no i was like I'm, i was stressed mm.
0: but we made it well we it made didn't it show it didn't show no 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 professional never mm-hmm. shows his true colors
1: well good thing i'm not a <laughs> professional one uh, thing i will say is that i hope you guys will follow us on our social media and if you aren't already subscribed to brew roots on your favorite podcast channel Absolutely, smash that subscribe button! Click, 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 click. We're gonna be bringing you episodes every week now, yes. and we're we're changing up the flavor a little bit. There's gonna be a little bit more fun facts. There's gonna be some case studies. You're gonna learn a lot about beer from this podcast, and you're also gonna get to hear the stories from the brewers' mouth yeah. about how they got started, their favorite thing about beer, their yep. life story. Yeah, I we mean, how we like could to you say we tell
0: the story behind your favorite beer. Yeah. I think we're gonna do that,
1: and I'm excited for the upcoming episode, which I'm not gonna say. Let's Who not s- we talk to? let's not say Ooh. too much. Okay.
0: Let's just say if you like IPAs and you live in New England, you can thank this man.
1: There you go. Exactly. Cool.
0: So, like Emily said, smash the sup- uh, smash the subscribe button, please. Smash it. Smash, smash. Smash. And uh, follow us on social media at Brewerth. So So, uh, yeah. Cheers, and we will catch you next week.
1: All right. Cheers, everyone.